Hello, very good afternoon and welcome to Aspen Weight Live uh, this Monday lunchtime. Absolutely delighted to be here uh, as always. <laughs> and uh, even more delighted that Mr. Paul Waite, the CEO of Aspen Weight, joins me. Uh, very good afternoon, Paul. And a very good afternoon to you, Mr. Ben. Ben's a little bit perturbed today, as the, as you guys will find out in a minute. So uh, should be a lively debate. Uh, absolutely is the word that I was looking for as well, debate. So if you want to get involved in uh, this show, you can do if you're watching on our live stream that we do every lunchtime, by the way, now at 12.30 on a Monday. Uh, get your comments in across social media. I can see them. I'll put some of them on the screen and we'll get you involved in this real debate and if you're listening on the podcast we're not leaving you out we love the podcast uh, that's what it's there for and you can get in touch podcast at aspen-weight.co.uk and we'll get back to you because this is a real debate today and as Paul mentioned I I was a little bit lost putting an agenda together of where to start this morning um, if you've read the news across the weekend you'll see that there is a huge divisions let's let's not say the world for now because we haven't got time to tackle the whole world's problems, but certainly across the UK, I think there are um, there's some really nasty stuff on social media with people really this, this, having a go at each other. Uh, there, there's there's a huge divide. We, we talked about a divide with those people that were thinking that coronavirus was something that you big and you need to stay away from and stay indoors, and those that wanted to get back to normal life. Well, I don't know don't know what's happened, but we've created another divide, Paul, which is around the protests and people's behaviour. It's been a big weekend, hasn't it? It's been a big weekend of talking points. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how I'd put it. You know, you said about another divide. I, I just, um, I mean, I think um, it was interesting, you know, you saying about how you felt at the moment. I think um, it's just a further example of the world dividing up into um, extreme groups, so you know, like Brexit, non-Brexit, black, white, Democrat, Republican, uh, libertarian, non-libertarian, um, and, and also I think it's a reflection on um, on the woke culture, and also um, the decline of moral standards and uh, firm policing. You know, one of the things I, I, I find quite interesting is the police seem much more interested in pursuing a sex allegation against an ex-judge or something than they do um, protecting uh, civil property, like the statue of Edward Colston in Bristol yesterday, which was uh, in front of the police, brought down uh, and then um, thrown into the river. And I think what is unforgivable is uh, Winston Churchill's statue being defaced in London. Absolutely. What, what is that all about? What did Winston Churchill do to deserve that? Yeah, let, let's make this really clear as well. I know there'll be people that have uh, you know, all sorts of opinions on um, the incident that, that went on in America that has really sparked this. And I'm, I'm just going to say, firstly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, absolutely appalled by what went on in America. I think they've got their own problems. They've got, you know, they've got... An, not just that one incident. This is clearly something that is um, that is inbuilt into their society, and I, and I don't doubt that there are pockets of of um, perhaps injustice and treatment of. Um, uh, we're talking about um, uh, black people here in this country that we have to do a lot of work on, and we have to open our eyes to. And I think we invariably do that in the right way in this country with campaigns and different things that we do. I feel this is um, something that we've jumped on um, 
over here that we, we didn't need to. I had a conversation at the weekend about all the things that are going on that go on in Iraq and North Korea and all these different countries that we don't get involved in. So, so why on earth in the middle of a pandemic are we suddenly, even though the government says we shouldn't be, going in our thousands and thousands as if there's no pandemic going on? It, it's angered a lot of people. And as Paul just said, the behaviour as well. Make no bones about this if you've not seen it. There's some horrific pictures of police being injured, statues being torn down and really, uh, really not very good behaviour. Um, it's interesting, Paul. I, I, I don't want to gloss over anything and I want to get your thoughts on everything, really. But the, the social and economic um, situation at the moment is something that we talk about a lot internally and externally. Um, we're not really we're not just not doing ourselves any favours by what happened at the weekend at all. When you say we're not, do you mean society isn't? Or Yeah, we want to get back to, we want to have jobs, we want the economy to flourish, we want to take the baby steps that the government has, has put in place. So so by behaving the way we did at the weekend is, is surely putting not only lives at risk, but jobs at risk, the economic situation, if there's a second lockdown. No, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I think people, people are afraid to speak the truth uh, these days. Um, but I don't see, you know, I don't see what's difficult about that. I mean, the fact is that um, what happened uh, to that poor chap and the way he was killed was a disgrace. Hmm. Um, is it is it symptomatic of a wider issue? Probably is. You know, one of the things that um, I have been quite vocal about, you know, um, even on, on lots of different formats is you know the whole thing about america being the land of the free and the brave is a joke mm. you know america's the land of the free and the brave if you happen to be a certain color and uh you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know if you're a hispanic or a, a north american indigenous red indian uh probably or a or a, a colored person for instance it probably isn't very free you know um so I think there's a big difference between what happened was a disgrace, right? End of. And then my view is then, what, well, what's that got to do with anything over here? So why would someone in London get angry about what a policeman did in America to somebody? I mean, it's just ludicrous. And then I think what you have to say to yourself is, is um, you know, I don't think there's any uh, place in any civilized society for racism but for instance you know it's, it's a well-known fact you know and i'll probably get lynched for saying this it's a well-known fact because it's been proven recently that there is a massive problem in the poorer elements of the colored society in america in terms of anti-semitism for instance mm. so it's a bit rich you know uh, so what i'm saying is is racism in itself is not um justifying between black white etc you know it, it, it goes much deeper than that but i think the final point i'd like to make is you know that my overriding i suppose there's two things that really went beyond the pale for me yesterday there was one that because i love horses and, and animals generally and there was that terrible picture of that police horse uh with its face smashed in basically because it had bricks thrown at it mm. now you tell me what sort of person would do that. Yeah, I don't care what they believe in. That person, the person who did that is an animal and a disgrace. A disgrace to their parents, to themselves and everything, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely bloody shocking, you know? Yeah. Um, and why 
the greatest British person of all time has voted, Winston Churchill, that the protesters felt the need to, to face his statue again is... And I think what, what's um, uh, very hard to understand is why the police effectively let them do it. I think probably the answer to that question, and again, we speak you know, plainly here, there's no agendas. Get your comments in on across social media. I think the police are scared. I think they're scared of... of they're not again we talk about the government taking uh, effective you know and um quick stances on things and taking control of things for me the government should have come out last week and said right we know that we want to have these uh, demonstrations we are going to say to you now it is not the time to do this we've got a pandemic we're we, we, we you know the social distancing is a clear thing now is not the time to do this we will arrange when the time is right maybe september for a peaceful you know, day of these marches, and we've seen it with Brexit and different things like that. But this is not the time. The government should have came out and taken control of that situation. And I think the police and the government are just scared. They're scared of what's going on. I don't think they've got any control over it at all. Well, you know, does it mean that we we don't know the difference between right and wrong now? I'm wondering if we we don't. <laughs> I, I what I can't understand, and this again, we talk about the real sort of feelings. I cannot understand how. Um, anybody can go to a march and a demonstration in their thousands when we're in the middle of a pandemic that we're not even allowed to see some go in our friends and and, and, and parents' houses. It, it, it's I think beyond what, belief. What's um, particularly interesting, and again, you know, this is this is I'm definitely going to be on a death list for saying this. Um, when you consider that, as a generalisation, I would suggest that, broadly speaking. The more left wing you are, the less likely you are to want to return to work. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's I think that's a, a, a correct observation. So uh, a Marxist socialist type person would be much more likely to say, stay at home. Let's not go back to work. Let's not go. You know, let's not get business back and running and would be very critical, as we discussed you know, last week, I think it was about you know, uh, the government, particularly Boris Johnson, getting a lot of criticism for, you know, their their relaxed lockdown um, views. And yet uh, those people, those very same people are behaving in a completely foolhardy. And it's not the thing is, is something there's one thing to take a risk yourself, isn't there? Mm. There's one thing to take a risk yourself and then. It's all the other innocent people that are affected by your stupidity. So if you if you were to believe, and you know I don't necessarily agree with this, but if you were to believe all the histrionics we have, you know, that uh, the whole world's going to die in a minute and all that, then uh, having thousands of people not socially distancing, committing aggressive actions in various cities um, is, is a recipe for disaster. But these are the same people that wouldn't send their children back to school. Yeah, there's obviously, uh, I mentioned the groups that, um, I know you explained it in a certain way uh, about people having a bit of disparity towards each other. There's, there's obviously the people at the moment that are saying, well, we people that were on the beaches having a go at the people that were having the demonstrations and the people doing the demonstrations saying you're the same people that sat on their beaches in their thousands last week. But uh, a good point I read this morning is nobody on those beaches were attacking police horses. Nobody on those beaches were... <laughs> You know, um, punching police officers. I, 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 yeah, it's 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 a big subject. Please get involved. Get your comments in, as we said, across um, social media. I think 
we like to look at all things real on this show and certainly outside of the social and economic situation but being the um the business growth and support uh, company that we are we we also very focused on the social and economic um instances the things that are going on and we're going to talk about that in more detail in a moment but this has an impact don't think that it doesn't and i know you paul you said there if you're sort of left wing you don't want to go back to work and i and i I don't, again, you don't want to say the wrong thing, but I also feel that if this wasn't where people were probably a bit bored and on furlough, we probably wouldn't have got the, the amount of people that were marching across the um, the weekend. I think people just used it as an excuse to get outside. Um, but this could have a, a real effect on those bars and restaurants and businesses that are just being allowed to open. Whether you think it's right or wrong, for, for a, a second wave to come along and the government to then lock everyone down, whether they, whichever side of the fence you're on, we know that's a possibility. So why the hell are we risking um, the, the chance that these businesses will have to be shut down again? I mean, what's, um, what's uh, incredibly... Hypo- you know, one of the things you know I, I can't abide is hypocrisy. Mm. Uh, and uh, I was told about a story at the weekend where... Um, somebody that i know drove uh to the beach this is in wales by the way mm-hmm. uh, who drove to the the beach at nine o'clock at night uh was the only car um on the seafront on their own uh and the police basically gave this person a warning uh and made them go home now if you just pop that up so there you've got two policemen going out of their way to do this and then you've got I don't know how many thousands of people were in London. And then, of course, you have not just the, the people themselves. You've got, um, so presumably, you know, all the police force were subject to risk by being present. I mean, in terms of coronavirus risk, I mean. Um, and yet, so why is it that we will uh, find someone a thousand pounds for driving? Uh, their scooter to try and go for a, 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 a hover across the water or something um, and yet the society allows t- thousands of people to gather uh, and, t- and takes no action at all so you know I think I think you know this is this is where the moral compass thing comes in doesn't it you know you've got to have you've got to have consistency you can't turn around and say oh well um, you know these people were all you know these people were all marching in this just cause because colored people are heavily disadvantaged and therefore um if people support that they should be they should be allowed to do what they want no they shouldn't no i, I totally agree with you i think that the, the um the, the moral compass at the moment i'm not sure where it is and it, it, it again go on social media have a look <laughs> around you'll see that it, it I've, i don't think i've ever really been on something like Twitter and, and seen so many conflicting opinions of people, with a lot of hatred of, towards different groups of people. We kind of knew we were going to be there because they would, as I said to you originally, there were people that would want to go back to work and get on with things like you and I, Paul. And, but we also respect the views of those that say, hang on a minute, I've got some vulnerable people. I, I don't quite want to rush back into it. I need to be work from home and do this. We, we're very respectful of that. Everyone's got different opinions. We knew there would be these sort of conflicting opinions, and I and I feel that this current situation has just made that um, even worse. So let's 
take our sort of anger and um, focus away from that slightly. No, we don't. We, come on now. No, no, we don't have any anger, do we? We're just commenting. We don't have well, we, anger. Yeah, we, we, do, we just, we, do, we, we, as I say, we're trying to, you know, be, be, be in the middle here and just say it as we see it. But obviously, we've discussed what we think of it. Um, get your comments into us and let us know what you think. I want to move on to this, the, the social and economic situation, because despite the protests and the marches at the weekend and the effect that we said that may have, we are in a very, very difficult time still for um, people going back to school, businesses opening. A stat that you used this morning on our uh, weekly webinar was the amount of people that were, they, they estimate now are going to be unemployed. Um, we're a week on since we last spoke. What, what are the government doing? How, how has their behaviour in this last week looked to help the social and economic situation? I, I think there's been a... Um what's the word a vote fast as I put for you a complete vault fast uh, over the last week um, so we've seen uh, I'd say uh, the government went into lockdown through panic and now they're coming out of lockdown with panic so we've gone from a situation of uh, a blinkered policy solely uh, to protect the NHS and stop it being uh, overrun uh, without any any caring or uh, normal democratic or civil uh, regard given to uh, the health of other citizens such as people suffering from cancer, people with heart problems, uh, the mentally ill, etc. I saw a, um, a very good interview with, um, is it Professor Sickard, is that his name? Um, who uh, has given quite a bullish report, and he says he thinks that um, that in fact there won't be there won't need to be a vaccine for coronavirus because he thinks it will run its course as as apparently many pandemics do, such as SARS being a good example. Um, so um, yeah, so uh, yeah, he thinks it it will run its course. So. Um, yeah, 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 I lost my train of thought there. Where's I going with that? Um, there's a good boo-boo on a live stream. We were just talking about the social and what the government are now doing oh, yeah. last week. Yeah, so, um, you know, we've gone... Uh, yeah, we've gone from a situation... Yes, yeah, so, that's right. So Pro Professor Sickard was saying... Um, and, you know, I, 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 I have to believe these are, these are correct facts. And this was said on mainstream television. He said that according to his calculations... Um, as many people had or would die from cancer as would die from coronavirus. That's where we already are. Already are. So, effectively, we've committed economic suicide, right, uh, while condemning uh, people who would otherwise have lived to death. So I think, you know, I think that's, to me, I think that's pretty close to uh, probably worse than manslaughter, actually. It's... it's uh, it's it's um, and, and I think I, I reported on this. I think it was a couple of weeks ago when I uh, said that effectively uh, all the doctors in the UK have reneged on their Hippocratic oath. They swore when they became doctors to protect people and look after their health, and they have not done that. Mm. They've basically they've basically been part of this conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, um, to to stop the NHS being overrun. 
And now we've got a situation where uh, having having um, I mean, it's interesting, you know, because um, I I I uh, was technically uh, as was Lisa, actually, I was technically vulnerable. Uh, and, you know, I got one of those letters telling you you couldn't, you know, couldn't buy a pair of red trousers or cough or sing the, the national anthem in a certain chair or stand up and at three o'clock in a in a certain direction and now um uh, and effectively the government obviously you know as we as we've discussed on many many live streams did this fantastic job of putting total fear into about 70 percent of the population mm -hmm. so that they were scared and we still have people today who are scared to go anywhere and now which is why i said about there being a vote fuss is is now all those people that had those letters that were told that they couldn't even go to the supermarket to buy food i've been told they they're now safe to do whatever they want you know uh and 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 why is that well it's because um and and you and you have to sit there and wonder at the stupidity of people who are supposed to be uh those people that pass you know who are who are their duty is to serve us to look after us uh you know to make good decisions to keep us safe to make good decisions to stimulate the economy so how can it be that the government didn't see this coming you know i mean it, 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 even a low-grade intellectual person could see that if you basically turn the economy off uh there's going to be enormous devastation and you know you know i always go and see my parents at the weekend and of course you know the, one of the things my mum likes to talk about is you know the impact because uh, obviously they're both in their 80s you know the number of people who are now committing suicide is is quite unbelievable and uh you know i think the the, the, the government we've now got uh, a massive a massive 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 problem with mental illness uh people who've complete and I, you could you could actually argue uh that some of the behavior um, by the protesters is is caused by mental health issues. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd be quite hard to say it wasn't. Uh, and now, you know, the government are sitting there going, "Oh my God!" You know, uh, we, we're going to we could be seeing, I don't know, five to ten million unemployed. Definitely, yeah. I saw a number in the Times yesterday of uh, three and a half million unemployed, more than the government was expecting. Cool. And of course, With, that, you know, that, that, that's really interesting, Paul. I was going to say that that actual that figure of unemployment, because I know quite a few people this weekend who have now been been furloughed, and the reason why they've been furloughed is because the deadline's coming up in a couple of days' time to to be able to do that. Do you think once um, furlough ends, we will then see the true extent of the redundancies and and the people that are unemployed? Oh, you know, I you know I've been quite consistent. Obviously, it doesn't mean I'm right, but I've been quite consistent in my views about this, which are that the furlough scheme is effectively an accrued, an accrued uh, redundancy program. Yeah. So I was talking to um, one of my leading clients this morning, and I'll 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 tell you roughly what he said. He said. Um, I said, how are you then? And he said, actually, yeah, surprisingly good. Uh, things have things aren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. Um, I furloughed, I think he said, 28 people. Uh, but everyone else has been able to work. So it's quite a large company, you know. 
and he said uh and we've uh you know uh, we're talking now about a certain uh part of the company in, in quite senior positions uh and he said that he's been uh he thinks that he's come out of it better he he's had time to think you know very much like i have you know different better ways of doing things uh traditional ways of doing things weren't necessarily the best um but that, that uh, he's got used to the company has got used to working without some of these expensive people being there and, and it's working without them hmm. so he basically said to me uh, he's going to make three of the four top cheeses redundant next month so that's, a, that's a hot off the press this morning uh, 9 o'clock was it 9.15 conversation uh, so I think uh, I think the, 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 the reality is is I, 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 I don't know. Uh, what would I say? I would I would think more than twenty five percent of the people being furloughed will lose their jobs, yeah. and I would fear. I would. Yeah, that's probably a good estimate. I think we've lost Paul again. Not sure why, but I feel like we've uh, we've lost Paul again. So let's um, let's hope that we can get him back in a moment. We're talking, of course, about the current social and economic. Uh, situation. We talked through the fact that there were lots of demonstrations across the weekend. You know, how does that affect um, possibly a, a lockdown too? We don't want to scaremonger. We're here to talk about the real things and uh, and what is going to happen with the uh, economy. We're just getting into the furlough scheme there, which is um, interesting because, of course, there is only two days left until the deadline. Many companies choosing to really use it right up until that deadline i guess because they've got staff that have been working for them but we're still in times where people can look at it and say well we can't really do the business that we do usually i've used these people up until this point but i'm actually gonna choose to use the furlough scheme which is interesting in itself uh, paul there just explaining that he thought that it there would be a of course a loss of um uh, a lot of uh, employees through redundancy once this furlough scheme ends. I think we've got Paul back again now, and we're we're back inside Wait Towers now, Paul. Hopefully, you can hear me. Can you hear me, Paul? Are you there? I can hear. Oh, sorry. There we go. We're just setting up again inside. This this is, seems to be a, a familiar thing. We we start off outside, and we uh, rain stops playing, and we go um, into uh, Paul's house with the lovely artwork on the walls. There, we can see. Can you hear me now, Paul? Yeah, yeah, we um, yeah, we we keep suffering from a uh, overheating of um, of uh, technology. So, um... yeah, just whilst you were away, I was just explaining that you know, obviously, a lot of companies choosing to just get get in there before the deadline and and furlough people that perhaps they've been able to use, but now that because of the current situation with with, with business, is still unclear. Um, they, they feel like they need to make use of that scheme for, for, for the last couple of days that they can. So that was, it, 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 you might not agree with me. <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I just, I, I, I think, um, I, I find, I find, um, I find it very hard to come up, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a reasonably good thinker, I can't for the life of me, uh, quite work out why, uh, an executive, uh, would not furlough somebody over the last three months, which have been uh, devastating, and then would suddenly furlough people now. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I, I wonder if it's just because um, 
I don't know. Maybe you've had people on that you've um, you, you you could have work for because you want to try and keep your business going, so you've minimised it. But you're actually thinking, well, now I've got to make a choice. Do I do 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 I actually put them on furlough so that we've got even more chance of survival, or do I keep them going? It's I guess it's a it's a balancing act for people that are running companies. Yeah, that's, I, I, well, you know, uh, I, I personally can't see how any business owner who was dynamic and was making good decisions would come to that conclusion. Um, it seems to me that if 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 in fact you've had people and they haven't been furloughed, and now and now you're furloughing people for the reasons that you stated, then that that tends to suggest indecisiveness to me and a lack of a clear strategy uh and probably as a betting man that i am uh probably is indicative that those people's days are numbered yeah potentially i think that was where we were sort of going before we got cut off of actually you know if you if you've been furloughed now and or if you've been furloughed anyway i'm sure you're extremely worried about your job because as you said, Paul, I think you said 25% might be your estimate of the people that are on furlough that, that won't have jobs to return to. Um, it's a worrying time. I was going to say the word panic then as well. Perhaps if you're somebody that's running a business and you and you are not sure whether you're going to be able to continue or, or keep your staff, it's a panic reaction. The deadline's coming up. Let's put them on furlough and see if there's a way out of this. I don't know if... Um... Well, I said I, I used the word indecisiveness. I don't. I don't know about panic. Maybe, I mean, you know, panic has a place in that, doesn't it? I mean, I think um, what's what's interesting, you know, uh, looking at life from my own world, you know, which obviously is not the complete world, but um, you know, you've heard me say many times that actually I'm, I'm actually quite optimistic that I'm not going to lose one client at this at this moment in time. I think where where um, what's very interesting is probably on the whole the situation today is probably better than you and I would have thought the first week we did our live stream. Yeah, yeah. I, I think say, that, yeah. I think I think that's probably true. Um, and now I think we're coming. What what's happening now is we're coming up to the second stage, which. Uh, using a, a, a an accounting term you might call it the acid test uh so what we have now for instance we're going to have uh so i think you know going back to what we just we were discussing at the start of the program so everything is now being speeded up mm. so um you know people will be in pubs within four weeks i'm, I'm certain of that now uh there's one thing about a pub being opened and then of course uh there's how many people are are in it and the same thing obviously applies to a restaurant etc so um you know we we already have a situation where uh the hospitality let's call it the hospitality sector hospitality sector is is difficult at best um if we take pubs you know as a, a aspen weight has uh a proud history of acting for a large number of publican clients um and I, I can't remember the exact statistic but i think it's pretty much true to say for the last five years a pub's closed every day hmm. at least one pub has closed in the uk every single day for the last five years 
so it's a very very difficult sector to be in uh most most publicans uh aren't making a profit and certainly those um that are what you call tenant landlords uh are paying probably disproportionate rents and are really struggling to get by if the government continues with the two meter social distancing rule then uh i can't see how the vast majority of people in that space could possibly make a profit yeah it's a really um it's a really interesting uh, one with as you said if you nailed it down to the pubs and restaurants it, it is very difficult isn't it it's very difficult with with, with the, these current rules i think you said earlier on this morning that as you just said there you, we, that there has to be a change because it's just not feasible it just won't work and um you know god knows how many pubs as you said we'll we'll see you go out of business if if these certain rules um continue it'd be interesting to see how the government reacts to that in the in the next couple of weeks well the only other way of dealing with it which is obviously not something that i would uh sanction myself is uh the government puts even more money behind it so basically the government says um you know uh i don't know 10,000 pubs are all going to trade at a loss. Therefore, we have to give you some money. Mm. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I, th- I think we, we mentioned it again. I, we have a, um, a, a great group meeting on a uh, Monday morning. We mentioned that we will be running more um, webinars for our partners, clients and businesses. Um, and perhaps some of these topics will come up. Do as well comment if you're interested in uh, a particular kind of webinar. Maybe uh, you're from the pub and restaurant industry and you, you want to um, find out what you could possibly do to ensure that you're not uh, a pub or restaurant that does have to close down. Um, let us know. If there's anything you want us to talk about on a Monday, uh, please comment. Get in touch on the podcast. It's podcast at aspen-weight.co. UK. I wanted to just quickly go through some of the um, uh, the, the papers, the headlines um, with you, Paul. It, it does actually um, cover some of the stuff that we've already talked about. Interestingly, the Guardian um, they they lead today with government accused of ignorance on UK racism. I, I try and all um, obviously uh, papers are positioned right or left and um, come at it from different angles but I find that a very bemusing headline from the um, uh, the Guardian uh, a paper that I do sometimes read I think I think um, you could argue government naive yeah yeah you know, that would also cover the government's response to the protests wouldn't it yes so they're probably uh, yeah perhaps they're going down that route and um, the, the mail leads with lawless and um, and reckless um, we've also got uh, the Telegraph leading with quarantine won't work, home office uh, concedes. I think that's with the, um, the quarantine in people that are coming into yeah. this country, which we all knew uh, we'd have difficulty with. Um, let's be really honest as well. Um, we have uh, no control uh, of our borders. I think that's been a problem for years and pretty much why we're leaving the EU, but we won't get into that today. Um, the interesting one I wanted to just draw your attention to was actually in the Express, but the headline is what we've been talking about. And Boris's plan to battle to save three million jobs as quoted um, obviously in the paper, but we won't pay any attention to the figures, but it leads me on to my sort of final thought here. And we have been told that Boris will be laying out plans to do exactly what you've just said there, Paul, which is how he's going to save people's jobs over the next three weeks. Because as you said, the furlough scheme really is just, 
it's just a waiting game for those people that are going to be made redundant. So it'll be really interesting mm. to see what what he can do. I don't want to put you on the spot by asking you exactly what you would do, as I usually do, but what, what can well, we I expect don't... from him? No, I think I can do better than that. I think I can tell you what they are going to do. Um, so I think they... Um, uh, they have identified that a significant proportion of businesses that have uh, been successful in receiving banks back loans and or business interruption loans uh, will either default or struggle in meeting the payments. Um, uh, and and uh, the number bandied around is about 35 billion, uh, which is uh, a colossal number. And then, uh, of course, um, there's also the situation that a considerable number of companies will fail with no with no intervention. So we've got this extraordinary, uh, you know, the Marxists are having a field day because it's like um, the first ever example in the UK of Marxism at work. It's Marxism at work through a capitalist response. So because of because of what happened, uh, effectively, the only way really to avoid business Armageddon is for the state to intervene in the private sector and say, we it's not in the national interest for uh, you cycling shops or whatever it was, you know, whatever. Cycling is not a very good example, actually, because it's done very well, isn't it? Um, I don't know, um, probably, you know, products that have suffered from lockdown, cars, probably cars, uh, fashion, for instance, you know. Um, so we're going to step in and we're going to we're going to provide uh, a substantial emergency funding. So we're probably going to see um, a, a wide scale mainstream um, repetition of the banking crisis where uh, effectively uh, we, the taxpayer, took stakes in in a lot of the high street banks to stop them from failing, mm. and that's what that's what's going to happen here. So I, I don't think I think that's a fact. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and I think what what will be then interesting is to see um, in Germany, for instance. Uh, I don't know if you know this. In Germany, VAT has been cut. No, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, so in Germany, VAT's been cut by about 3.5%, I think, to try and stimulate sales. Uh, my prediction would be that won't happen in the UK. Mm. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what um, the government tries to do as some sort of stimulus uh, to, to the current situation. You know, what incentives they give. And then, of course, you know, it's interesting this because everyone... Everyone's talking about the certainty of tax rises. But to me, that just seems rather foolish, because if you've got a struggling economy and you've got a number of uh, misfiring, under underperforming businesses, how is putting more burden on them? It'd be like it'd be like a donkey that's already got 10 big bricks on it being given another 10 bricks because uh, two of the other donkeys had died or something. You know, I mean, I just can't see. I'm not sure that's one of my better analogies of all time, but so. Um, um, I, I can't see how, if a business is is struggling, um, putting up its corporation tax rate from 19 to say, uh, 20, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 let's say it was put up by five percent. I can't see how is that doing anything other 
than creating a positive disincentive. Yeah, that would be, that's a really good point, actually. You know, a lot of people have said that, that we're going to pay for this. Well, for example, the furlough scheme, we're going to pay for that when the taxes uh, go up. But of course, with so many businesses struggling, as Paul says, you know, that, that just doesn't seem a plausible um, outcome for, for, for the government, which again, goes back to our point. It's going to be very interesting to see what comes out in the next few weeks. And we will, of course, um, hopefully we won't be talking about protests and uh, stupid decision making in various parts of the country this weekend and future shows we'll be talking more about supporting you uh, through this difficult time and, and hopefully giving some of the wisdom um, that Paul has on, on how you might tackle some of the government's uh, legislation which I'm sure will come out over uh, the next few weeks. Just a couple of points in the comments, uh, a couple of people mentioning that they're looking forward to celebrating their birthdays uh, in the next couple of months and it would be nice to have a glass uh, with friends in a restaurant or a bar. Um, also a point that we are one of the only countries that still has the two metre uh, distancing rule. Um, mm. Uh, I had a message in to say that that, that should be changed to, uh, heard on the grapevine that that may be changed to one metre. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see. We'll be listening with great Well, obviously interest. I predicted I predicted this morning on the group meeting it would be no more than one and a half metres, didn't I? Because mm. it'll have to be. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they land. Um, don't know whether we'll hear from the great leader Boris um, today or not um, and uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens right a couple of positives to end uh, on the show I, mean, I think some of this has been uh, positive from us hopefully giving you um, some guidance and uh, advice but a couple of positives uh, to end we have of course um, got our full radio show uh, radio schedule launch uh, coming up for you uh, very soon Paul at the moment uh, your show is uh, the show that has uh, taken our our first launch on every week and um you're back again uh, tomorrow uh, for people to listen to sorry on friday for people to listen to uh, at nine o'clock um looking forward to the show this week yeah this week is um e so uh it's been quite challenging so uh this week we've even got some classical music in our uh, in our three-hour special so yeah, it's a lot of fun to be uh, part of that. Nine o'clock, you can uh, you can check that out. More details coming about our four full launch as well. There'll be various shows uh, across uh, the week, which will include um, a, a lot of great individual uh, business shows that you can uh, tune into and and get various uh, types of support and thoughts and um, interact with not just across uh, the economy, but also wellness, um, mindfulness, well-being, all these things that play a part of our work-life balance. And you'll be able to tune in more uh, from Monday the 6th of July. Lots more coming your way on that. Uh, right, before we go, let's talk music. Um, I always forget on the live streams now where we're up to, but I know, I think it was uh, it was towards the end of the alphabet. Have we gone all the way to the end? Do we just need to do Z and then we can skip round again? Yeah, I think um, we messed up uh, last week because we, we couldn't forget. Where, and I sat there afterwards and I thought, no, we've actually... Uh, we actually um, had already done the num the letter that we said, so I think um, uh, we're going to have to play ZZ Top today. We finished our A to Z on the live streams anyway, which is uh, which is a great accomplishment for us. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of. Um, uh, I don't know if you've got access to Google there, Ben. I have. Yes. Uh, if it's you could just look up, you just look at ZZ Top's uh, top hits for me. Yeah, let's have a little look. See what um, see what Google. So we've got a range. Uh, we've got "Give Me All Your Loving," of course. That's yeah. uh, 
uh, a good one. Um, what else have we got on here? I think the best one for me to actually um, go into would be Spotify. So uh, here we go. We're, we're doing a few, a, a real interactive show now where we're just going to mm-hmm. uh, jump onto Spotify and have a look, and then Paul's going to um, choose uh, the song that uh, I guess, oh, I don't know whether to say it would be your favourite or most suits the, the day or the topic, because sometimes we do try and you do try and choose songs that sort of mm. suit what we're talking about. Uh, right, let's have a look. Let's go into our friends. Um, uh, Lagra- <laughs> Lagrange, Lagra- Lagra- is that is that one that you've heard of? Sharp Dressed Man as well, we've got there. Two of the top ones, mm. Tush and Legs, are the, uh, make up the top five with Give Me All She's Your Got Lovers. Legs, She Knows How to Use Them. Do you know that record? I, do you know I haven't heard that one? I haven't heard mm. it. Mm. Is that the one you're going to go for? No. <laughs> no, I think I think we'll probably have to go give me all your loving, won't we? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let us know your favourite ZZ Top song if it's different from um, "Give Me All Your Loving," but that's the one we'll we'll go for today. Completing um, the A to Z. I don't know whether we'll go round again or whether we'll choose something slightly different to do because we only do the one live stream a week. I'm not sure. We'll have we'll have to we'll have to discuss, Paul. We'll have to have a meeting on that at some point. <laughs> Right, that's, it. that's it today. Um, thank you, as always, to Paul for giving up his time to come on here and uh, and talk on our Monday live stream. We will, of course, be back again uh, next Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. All you need to do is click subscribe, hit the bell, uh, which is on where the same button is, and you can get notified when we go live. Do subscribe to the podcast as well. And if you're listening on the podcast, uh, ZZ Top is coming up next. Enjoy your afternoon, and we'll see you again next Monday. <laughs>